This episode of the Pocket Now Weekly is brought to you by Ops Genie. Things can go wrong with your business, and they will, so it matters how quickly you can get things fixed up. Thanks to Ops Genie, you can get your operations and developer teams on the problem fast with the right scheduling tools and escalation paths. With Ops Genie, your next incident doesn't stand a chance. Visit OpsGenie.com to sign up for a free company account for up to five team members. No credit card required. That's O-P-S-G-E-N-I-E.com. Never miss an alert again with Ops Genie from Atlassian. And hello and welcome to episode 331 of the weekly brought to you by PocketNow and XDA developers recorded on Friday, the 9th of November, 2018. From reaching peak Apple to the departure of the next eye, you've got plenty to unfold this week, so let's get right to it. Josh and the crew are on assignment this week, so I'm here. I'm Jules Wong. I'm glad to have an old friend back on. It's TK Bay. Good Friday to you. Good Friday to you too, my friend. Nice to see you again. And yeah, you know, I, I love hanging out with you. You know, nice Friday afternoon, sunny, windy where I am, but you know, uh, <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to see your face again. Trying to avoid the fires uh, up in Ventura County. So uh, be, I'm yeah, very grateful that yeah. that has affected you yet. It's a lot of a lot of smoke right now. No, luckily, you know, we're, we're um, about 30 minutes or so away from them, but we can definitely see the plume, the smoke and the air, the quality of the air does get affected. So they pretty much recommend us staying home today. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I'm doing, which is good. Yeah, we're doing well, doing fine at least. Uh, keep a thought out for those people up there. And joining us for the first time to spin her gears is Geek Spin Zone, Helena Stone. It's been, it, this has been overdue, Helena. Come on, welcome in. It has been. I mean, it's what took so long? Come on. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I'm glad that we're able to have you on this week and right. for further weeks as we uh, go on i hope to have you on a our big ces show because we're all going to be there oh you better we're just going to have like a room full of people and then just one camera and we're just going to pack you in and it's just going to be great <sighs> it's, awesome. it's it's, it's actually not going to be great because uh <laughs> we're we, we know it's what happens be at the end at of the CES. day at we're going to get sick just like a couple of us are right now and then we're mm-hmm. going to have to like work through it and try and get as many 60 second hands-on videos done with our voices all kind of and you're you're trying your best and you have to keep recording three times over because you flubbed this line or that line it's great nothing like the nerd flu (laughs) theraflu robitussin um my drinks of uh choice over there so yeah in any case we have lots to get through we do want to get your feedback on it you listener or you viewer uh in any case so uh be sure to tweet at us hashtag pn weekly so that we are able to uh track down what you're saying in real time as i try and reach for my phone that could be on this side or could be on my right side it could be here yes that's right all right i'll keep track of that as we go along and uh talk about our first story here so what is the measure of success for Apple at this point? Because we are going into a holiday season where Apple has decided that it will no longer give out unit sales numbers in its quarterly earnings. And this is on top of a kind of mediocre forecast for revenues uh, where the street has been expecting, what, 93 billion, some numbers that we can't even comprehend because we're just mere mortals. Uh, And then Apple's like, well, we're aiming for like 91 billion ish. So what 
does the picture look like going forward? What does does it mean more sales in a market where iPhones have saturated the U.S. and maybe have um, reached as far as they're going to go in most of the developed markets? Or is the price game going to be next? Is the, is, what's next, Helena? Well, I think in general, this strategy was really smart on Apple's part. They know that there's, it's most likely impossible for them to beat their previous numbers, right? And if they don't show growth, <laughs> right, they don't show growth in numbers, that looks bad when all these other Chinese players are beating them. Um, but ultimately, uh, I don't think that it's a bad sign for the company because they're still making lots of money, right? And they seem to be compensating by making their handsets more expensive. They're compensating in so many different ways. But I get why they don't want to really want to release those numbers. It makes absolute sense. Um, yeah, I mean, well, it's. It, I don't really. I mean, every, the market has kind of started to react a little bit to this whole. All right, we're seeing four digits now, uh, and I'm a little bit scared. I'm not looking forward to paying forty dollars a month on my uh, cellular bill in addition to the cellular service that I'm going to have. Um, I think we're. I'm, uh, getting there i wouldn't be surprised though that if they end up beating the those those numbers that they end up releasing their numbers so i feel like this is like a safe way for them to play it hey we're not going to release the numbers but then if somehow they do beat the numbers they i bet they'll share that perhaps perhaps it's a, and, it's a smart yeah, strategy they could still say they beat last year's number they just don't have to be specific yeah no exactly. right. yeah yeah and well considering that it's, samsung and huawei which are still kind of building their reputations on those numbers um world's most um uh, most popular smartphone brand by shipments like that that kind of thing uh i'm wondering what the picture is for you at tk um for me you know apple has been I mean, they're they're in the they're in the media for other things as well. I mean, we'll get a chance to talk a little bit more about them in that aspect. But uh, as far as the numbers, uh, like Elena said, I think realistically, not having to share the numbers just gives them the ability to just not have to worry about having to answer those questions every time the you know the quarterly reports come out. But the short answer is, uh, they're going to still be measured by how many shipments, how many how many stores are sold out, how much the wait times, and people will still talk about them. And I think that will help their stock kind of survive in the long run. In the near term, this is just a, like a minimal dip. Most people are reacting to the, well, why don't, we, don't you want to share? And then something will take over. But the reality at the end of the day, when we look at the actual product sales and the innovation, well, not innovation, but, um, you know, numbers, new laptops, you know, the mini, the new Air, the new iPhones, all of those things, uh, taking the price out of it, I think makes them just trying to, you know, feed into that high life, you know, ticket. People are buying into the brand, no longer worrying about the number. And that I think that's really what it is. And hopefully that could translate into more sales for them and just not having to worry about competing with themselves now since they're so far ahead to some other people, they don't have to actually compete. So we're going into the world of theory here. Uh, what if they decide to um, reinstate those reports, uh, perhaps just because of a turning point, like maybe it's, oh, this um, iPhone ten SSRA P gs is uh <laughs> that's next um, year's model by the way you just give out a name that's not good man that's no no I'm, good. I'm very i'm very sorry uh what yeah. if that has like oh for some reason uh done 20 percent better than ever or something like that like do you think it's a move that apple will kind of rue or what Oh, I'm I'm pretty sure it will be like the first slide they put up when they on the next keynote for the next iPhone. They'll they'll boost the numbers. They'll refer to percentages. I think it's just not having to give out the specifics. I think that's really what they're shooting for. 
They just want to be able to just say, look, we, we are doing good. We're still producing the same amount of the, you know, new devices. We're selling them. Uh, I think they just, you know, want to take out the, the question of numbers just from the reporting. It doesn't mean that, you know, you still can't see how they're performing. And it just, it's in the long run better for them not to have to say, you know, this is how much we made on the iPhone 10 and this is how much we made on the iPhone 10s. It's just a numbering thing, right? Because at the end of the day, people are still buying the iPhone 10s, XR slash dash, all of that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Helena, what do you think about U-turn if there is any down the road? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I said it before. I wouldn't be surprised that if they do beat their the numbers that they'll go ahead mm -hmm. and, and, and share those numbers. I feel like that's very Apple-like of them in general. Just like a little this, line, little quote in the press release or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll see about that. It, it's going to be interesting to um, see how Apple judges itself and in reflection how we investors and customers judge Apple uh, as we move forward here. But in the meantime, we have plenty to talk about related to Apple, sort of related to Apple. And this is talking about Qualcomm, too, which uh, it, it continues on. The legal sparring continues on. Uh, it all started with Qualcomm being accused of uh, very anti-competitive uh, behavior in terms of uh, working its OEM clients to um, not use any other um, chipsets from their competitors. And it's blown up to this massive war between Apple and Qualcomm and for the longest time, we've heard Qualcomm give all these platitudes and saying that Apple is still a valued customer, is still a valued partner, and we look forward to continuing this relationship with them. And between all the sales injunction requests for iPhones and um, other things that perhaps we haven't seen yet, uh, Apple, a source to Reuters uh, from the Apple side, has said that they are not negotiating with Qualcomm at any level. Uh, quote, there is n absolutely no meaningful discussion between us and Qualcomm, and there is no settlement in sight. And when you think about how much of an impact, how much uh, presence Qualcomm has in our industry and what, you know, two titans, Qual uh, Apple being one of the most profitable companies in the world, and being able to mm -hmm. perhaps ask for damages that might be worth more than Qualcomm is as a company. <laughs> um, what do you think about this whole this stalemate at this point, TK? What do you think about what happens um, here? Does Apple have more of a chance of winning than Qualcomm or what? I I, I think this, the seriousness of the way Apple is playing it right now is it's very big. Like I'm the big kahuna in the room right now and you need to pay attention to me. And they do obviously command a very large presence in the market. Qualcomm can't really just shun them and say, well, you know, we're not going to talk to you guys. Uh, but again, if we keep in mind historically performances as far as radio performance on, you know, on iPhones and stuff and such devices have never been at the same level as some of the other devices that we've seen on the market. I think this is pretty much just for the better, or for worse. I think this is just a negotiation ploy. They need to basically uh, try to make their presence found and Qualcomm come to the table as the understanding of you under, you know, you're working with the big guys and you really need to give us what we need. Because uh, at the end of the day, of course, Apple also has historically done this where they've gone with their own chipset. I mean, they have their own main chipset in the SOC. So relying on Qualcomm could potentially not be an issue for them if they decide to venture into, you know, jumping into that if they do want to do that. I think it's really something that Qualcomm needs to pay attention for it and should not, you know, 
they shouldn't basically go in there thinking, well, you know, they need to answer to us. I think it's the other way around. Apple has has a really good presence here. Well, in terms of making their own components, I think it's kind of interesting to think about how uh, one of Qualcomm's accusations against Apple is that it helped Intel, one of the competing um, chip, uh, the modem makers, uh, with uh, copying some of Qualcomm's proprietary code and uh, helping them out in that aspect. Uh, So that's interesting. Um, Helena, what's your take on um, this whole uh, conflict? Well, I definitely can't follow who's wrong or who's right in all of this. It's super confusing. Um, But I get why Apple's kind of being very steadfast. They don't need Qualcomm right now. They're making great chips. Um, So they certainly don't need them. And they certainly have the the lawyer power to keep fighting Qualcomm off. So if I were them, I'd just keep doing what they're doing. Um, and saying no settlement, <laughs> none of that. Mm, yeah, it, it, it is kind of, we're, we're left in a position here because a lot of us uh, in the Pocket Now community are uh, more inclined towards Android and, you know, Qualcomm has a great relationship with those Android OEMs. So oh, yeah. whatever happens here uh, might have ripple effects down the road and mm, who knows whether or not it will have a net benefit or net um drag on whatever progress gets uh, done over on that side. So I know this is kind of a tough, tangly issue that um, we wanted to get into, but um, at least in terms of that, it's worth it to be aware of things as we go along here. Cause... Oh, no, no, definitely. I mean, they when we look at Android and iOS, we have to keep in mind, obviously, you know, Qualcomm is a big player. I mean, Huawei and the Kirin chipset, we haven't really seen that much presence on their end. So pretty much, you know, if Qualcomm gets a big hit, Android as an ecosystem gets a hit. So it's a big issue, but I don't think it's beneficial to either one of the companies to basically destroy the other. I think realistically, this is a negotiation uh, point of reference. I think Qualcomm realistically either A, fesses up to it, but I mean, we've seen them have long battles, like Helena said. They have the lawyer power to stretch things for years. I mean, we all remember Samsung and and, and Mm -hmm. Apple, and that took forever. (laughs) How did that that uh, end? I can't remember. It was Uh, a settlement from what I remember. It, I oh, they're still going. It, no, no, I think it did end. Like it was tossed yeah, back yeah, down yeah. as like the article, something about an article of manufacture, what could be considered that, and whether or not the um, Samsung would owe this much, a little bit, or this much, a lot. So yeah, like that's exactly yeah. It, Samsung lost, but that just was stretched for years. That was like seven yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Who I knows mean, what we'll so... be in for for this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing is that Qualcomm is also uh, venturing yeah. into other. There's mobile, wearables, um, you know, always connected PCs. So we're starting to see the Qualcomm chipset in more markets than just mobile mobile smartphones like we've seen. Yeah, in the past. It, it needs to stay relevant. It needs to stay relevant in the 5G era that um, many have argued it has pioneered. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of catch up, especially, you know, with the new standard change. Intel and MediaTek are kind of one of the, the backups that Apple is considering for that 2020 iPhone. So um, we'll have to see where that goes and uh, how the rest of the market plays itself out. Um, let's go to the rest of the market for a little bit, shall we? Uh, let's talk about LG. I know oh, this man, was announced yeah. at IFA. Um, why does it exist? <laughs> so we have the LG <laughs> G7 Fit. Um which I have uh, called 2018 Snapdragon 821 phone. And it was just announced uh, for wide availability uh, in most of the world. 
Um, I'm not sure about North America, but the rest of the world will get it. And I'm wondering what what is what's going on here because back in 2017, the LG G6 launched with a Snapdragon 821, and that was already kind of um, six months out of its realm. And I don't know, like, what the deal was between Qualcomm and LG, how many, because, like, there were, I think there were um, several more models that had the 821 in it from LG. Like, how many, how many parts did Qualcomm give to LG in order for this to, like, have happened? Because this is kind of weird. This is kind of insane. So... It has a lot of the LG G7 ThinQ specs. Um, you're talking about the 6.1-inch uh, display that's super bright and whatnot. 3,000 milliamp hour battery is kind of okay. Single cameras on the back and front, which, all right, fine. But It reminds yeah. me of the, uh, that the LG G7 One Edition. So, yeah. Yeah? Uh, didn't that go with um, the, one of the 600s? Yeah, that was so. That was a little bit less powered, but the, what they did is a similar similar form factor where they took some stuff from the G7 and they kind of brought it down a little bit. And I think it's mostly maybe just a pricing uh, kind of a, an approach to how to sell this phone. I, I don't know. Well, what do you think about this uh, this whole thing, Helena? At the moment, well, I have two separate thoughts. One is the name is horrible because when <laughs> I hear it, I think it's going to be like a wearable that matches up with the LG G7. Um, so there's just like confusion right away there for me. And no, this, is, this is LG's foldable phone and you can wrap it around your wrist yeah. and it becomes your, your health band. That feels like it would be a great name for it. But um, the other part, like to me, it seems like they're trying to come out with another one answer to the OnePlus and they don't really have it yet. But this is like that kind of, their, their term, but it is similar to the other, to the LG G7 One Edition. It's just like, hey, we have another more affordable handset or maybe this is their answer to the iphone xr because the, the v40 just on a pure price expensive. competition point right yeah yeah that's what it seems yeah. like to me especially if it doesn't come out in north america um in those other markets where there's high demand for more affordable devices uh, it, it makes sense for them will it be successful no. i have no idea to echo elena's point of reference if you yeah when you start looking at the specifications of what they have uh they've given it enough kind of unique features but not enough for it to compete with the u.s market so it doesn't really make sense for us to get it as competition to the g7 thank you uh but you know other markets that would have wanted an ip68 phone this is not a bad deal i mean it's water resistant it does come out with oreo which is a little bit interesting but again uh they probably will at some point next year push it up and it still has a pretty good display it's not that bad actually it's a good contender the 821 is a still a powerful you know soc it's just it's a few years behind Quite a few years. I, I would be kind of concerned about it going into the end of its um, support life from Qualcomm. I'm not sure how long uh, these chips are patched for on their end. And it, 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 I'm not sure if it matters that much anyway, since LG wouldn't be inclined as much to patch up um, their older phones or one of their minor phones, you could say, yeah. uh, for that long. I, I'm not sure where the guarantee kicks in because... Uh, Android recently introduced a requirement. I think it was with Pi, though. It was with Pi. It and was with Pi, yeah. With Oreo, mm-hmm. that you had that all Android phones must be a two-year track for software updates. But, yeah. Um, you have any more thoughts, uh, Helena? No, I was going to say, maybe they had, like, a whole load of 821s lying around that they needed that's to use. That's what I was going to say, no, yeah. That's what they did. Like, they, they, it's like they had, like... All of the A21s, it was like late in what what was it, 2016, and by that time, every 
a lot of um, OEMs had passed them over. And it was like, well, what are we going to do with all these 821s? Uh, ship in the bin and toss it over to LG and that's it. And like, I hate, I would hate to think that those chipsets have been lying around for like a year and a half in some dusty bin before it was like, okay, let's bring them out. For, um, let's make a new phone out of it. Make a new phone. You know, it, it still could do pretty well. It depends on the market that it's going to go into. Like I said, uh, it's it's still a powerful C, uh, CPU. We're looking at, I mean, the reality is, if we're, we're looking at LG's performance, the update cycle of the pr procedure that they go through with their updates, we're probably not going to get that many updates on this phone anyways. So for the most part, it really will will serve the life cycle of what their general you know update cycle that we get for their phones. So. Depends on the market, and if the price is right, it's still better than having a 600, uh, you know, uh, 600 level chipset. You know, the A21 is pretty powerful. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm just kind of that doesn't know, right? that value proposition doesn't work in my head. I'm sorry. It just ugh. no, no. We're 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 the wrong demographic. I know. I know. I know. We're, I know. We're, yeah, just, that's the thing. But it's like, come on, come on. You could like. I, take the 630, take the six six thirty six or whatever. Come on, you know, just trade yeah, them I in, know. recycle the the materials, please. <sighs> All right. Um, um, since my blood pressure is already at uh, a little bit higher than it should be, let's um talk about the Asus Zenfone Six, uh, which I will yeah. put on screen right now. Uh, so listeners, I'm sorry. You can go to pocketnow.com/podcast and click on the latest episode for the rundown, and you'll be able to see the pleasure that is um, this. This is apparently a leak <laughs> from hdblog.italy, or IT, because uh, that's the two-letter code for uh, the country. Uh, in any case, this is supposedly the Asus Zenfone 6. Uh, it's got a little tiny speaker. It's got minimal bezels. That's, that's all right. And then um, uh, there's nothing else wrong here, right? <laughs> Does anyone no, want to no, just no, um, totally. uh, spill the guts, spill the beans on this? I kind of like it. I, 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 it doesn't bother me. I actually think this is where all these notches should have started with pushing it to the right side, the top right of the display. Um, I think it's fine. It does, I think it's kind of like efficient. It kind of reminds me of like like when you the X part of your your window on a desktop, you know, <laughs> like it's yeah. kind of there in the corner. You don't really think about it till you need it. I like it. I don't know. I would I'm, feel I'm interested more, to see how more... the UI, yeah, yeah how yeah, Android works yeah. with notifications on that. Because, so yes, I, I'm with you. I think it's very minimal. I think the teardrop effect I think is going to be. We're going to see a lot of that. I mean, we already see it with a lot of the new devices, even with Huawei with their 20X. Uh, teardrop is the next thing. You know, OnePlus did that as well. Offsetting it, though, I. I <laughs> I feel less it, okay with it because it's next to the like for the most stupid reason it's next to the bat it it's just, like cramping the battery uh information where I guess I would have actually felt more okay with it if it were next to the time if we separated the time because most of the time when you're looking up at your smartphone for a second it's like oh check the time and um, perhaps if this were like an AMOLED display like that that'd be great because it's you're laying up so few pixels and be right there in a delineated kind of way and I would have liked that but instead it's on the right side next to the battery information and then I don't know. Just, For me, it's more of a, a symmetry thing. <laughs> it's just purely that's what it is. I, I'm not. A, I don't have a problem with the fact that it's a teardrop effect. It's just the symmetry of where it's positioned. For me, I, 
I think the center portion would make sense as most notifications kind of pop up from the right and from the left on a device. And having it offset either to the right, it just kind of throws off for me the look. And, and it looks like they're not allowing it to, I mean, we have to still see how they, they treat the UI with it. Android's more configured to run with a notch in the center with all of their configurations. So did they change that or how are they routing all the notifications in the notification panel on this? Yeah, Helena, uh, another thought? Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I agree with what TK said. I think it comes down to the UI and this probably isn't the final look, right? So if they can just tweak it to make it look more finessed, I don't think it'll bother us as much. So I've had yeah. literally 0.4 femtoseconds to think about the other side of this. And if you're in a language with uh, left to right, uh, you could actually pull oh. off a notification decently just by having it mm -hmm. the standard length instead of having to adjust for uh, the notch because that's uh, mostly where your text is going to be on the top level. And then the bottom level, uh, you would have a full line of text that you could insert if you needed it. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, there there is some thought to it. Maybe if, you know, if we went to... Um, Arab speaking countries are, are right to uh, right to left um, languages, then perhaps this would feel much more wrong, but who knows? I don't know. <laughs> it I, is interesting. I think they're to trying to make it unique as it is. And I'm, so I'm, I'm all for smaller bezels and trying to figure out creative ways to put the camera module in there. We, I mean, the, the reality is we're starting to see full display phones, right? We're starting to see these things with mechanism, um, I don't know the best way to describe it would, would be basically hiding it behind the entire display. Oh, you're they showing off that. Um, what was it? Um, the me. This is the uh, the Magic Two, not the, the Magic Two. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the other the other guy that came out of the market at the same time. Uh, Which I think is more, I think that solution's more ridiculous. Just saying. Uh, I know, it. I know. But so the kid part of me loves playing with this all day. I know I'm going to break it. Uh, but the reality is. I think it all comes down to the UI and the experience, uh, placing the, the placing it in the middle or on the right or the left. As long as you make the rest of the UI cohesive and it looks right, and when you're playing movies and stuff, it doesn't just sit there and kind of looks odd for you. I think realistically, uh, they, they don't, nobody really should worry about it. But what they're doing right now is they're the first people to do it, if this is true. And I think it'll catch a lot of press for that. That's I think that's pretty much what they're trying to go for. DK, it's a DK, nice placement. Uh, uh, do me a favor and uh, just click that a few times right next to your microphone. No, 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 the, the phone, the phone. Do the click. Oh, sorry, one more time. Do yeah. it, do it. If you, yeah. So we'll, go be, we'll be going into Pocket Now ASMR uh, in the near future. Uh, that was just a little yes. preview of what you can look forward to. So in the meantime, <laughs> we'll be moving on and um, saying goodbye. Uh, we we do a have couple... a video on that also on uh, Oh, yeah, on America, the, uh, Pocket Now on YouTube. Out, uh, Please yep, uh, look at that. Check that out. Lots of hands-on coverage uh, that we've been be, uh, able to pull off with uh, TK joining our uh, video uh, crew every once in a while. So much appreciated yeah. that effort. In the, meantime, In the meantime, we shall say goodbye to a couple of uh, old friends here. Uh, the Nexuses the Nexus have received yeah. their last updates, their last guaranteed updates at the very least. They've reached the point yeah. where uh, it's been 18 months since they've left the Google Store. And now the Nexus 5X made by LG and the Nexus 6P from Huawei are now officially out of service. Um it's a sad day for a lot of people who kind of cherished the last bastions of what it meant for Google to have its name behind a phone. 
or maybe targeted towards developers or was it just maybe turning the corner around towards that consumer appeal uh, because obviously the next year after we had the pixel phones that's all made by yeah. google and was like all all these consumer friendly features um any um uh eul eulogies that's the word i'm trying to think of eulogies from you uh i'll start with helena on this one uh, it was they were great phones um right now i'm imagining them on an island with clippy <laughs> just kind of lounging around <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um yeah, no, I mean, it's, they, they really were iconic Android head, head, handsets. And I think that a lot of people hung on to them for a long time. But it's what's kind of sad is that they're not that old, but yet they feel so old because so much has changed in a few years. It's it's kind of crazy to think how far we've come and just since, what, 2015? I think we've grown older than the phones have, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's been crazy. Uh, TK, from you? Uh, TK. So um, I will basically uh, spill the proverbial drink for our, our fallen heroes. And, uh, but I will always be, so as you know, obviously with XDA, everything never really dies, dies, really. It's a more of a reincarnation. Uh, so one, one of the best benefits of having uh, Nexus devices and one of the main reasons why a lot of developers fell in love with them and even enthusiasts was the fact that they were easily unlockable, easily test beds for many, many different versions of software. And I think if there's anything to learn from this is that, you know, yes, official support has gone down, uh, obviously, as we're reaching that timeline, uh, but your devices would hopefully live on and XDA definitely has a big community that love their Nexus and Nexi devices, myself included. I don't have the 6P, I have the 6 and the 5X. So for me, uh, the, mm. definitely they, they'll live on. And um, I, I love the designs. I always really wish that the Nexus line carried, but I do appreciate what the Pixel line is bringing into the table. That yeah. was a beautiful eulogy. Very well done. Very well done. And yeah. uh, I, I guess my foray into this was with the Nexus 5. I, I got on with the last little bit of it, the last little uh, tail end of that train. Uh, Nexus 5X, which introduced me to Project Fi, actually. So... Um, and I've been enjoying it ever since. So thank you, Google, for that, I guess. Um, and also just thank you for having the developer in mind in terms of both software and hardware for the time that has been. Uh, right now, I don't know what's that's happening. I think I, I've heard about a Pixel 3 that's not being fixed. So um, too bad for that. I think it was the one that was um, uh, that got shipped to the customer all smashed up. And they say, I believe, uh, it's that's eh, something for the Reddits the, that you can look at, unfortunately. In the meantime, we'll be uh, transitioning over to Samsung in just a couple of minutes, but not before we take our first break. We'll be right back. The Pocket Now Weekly is brought to you by the National Security Agency. Almost every day, we hear something on the news about a cyber attack. Sometimes it's just a bunch of pranksters, but more often it's a foreign country with vast cyber resources trying to hack our power grid, our banking systems, or our military's information networks. The National Security Agency plays a big part in protecting our country from cyber attacks, and you can help. The NSA is hiring technical professionals to serve on the front lines of information security. If you, work in uh, if you work in computer science, networking, programming, or electrical engineering, you can help keep our country safe. Design new hardware systems and networks. Write faster, smarter programs. Protect America's critical infrastructure. Or help uncover what our adversaries are planning to do next. Learn more about careers at the National Security Agency today. 
Visit intelligencecareers.gov slash NSA. That's intelligencecareers.gov slash NSA. The Pocket Now Weekly is also supported by OnePlus. If you want one of the fastest phones this year, look no further than the OnePlus 6T. With a huge 8 gigabytes of RAM, it keeps more of the apps you use in cache, so they open almost instantly. You can buy a 6T now for just half the price of the other flagship phones from this year. Check out pocketnow.com slash OnePlus 6T for more information. We are back and uh, here to just unwind a little bit because I do want to continue one of Joshua's uh, favorite habits and check in with uh, both of you on how your week's been doing. Uh, I'll say that my week has been going just swimmingly. I've been uh, exploring in New England while I've been working online. So uh, it's a, I found one of my favorite sandwich places now. It's it's uh, right down near the border of uh, Massachusetts and Rhode Island uh, called the Beef Barn. It's very cute, and I love their roast beef sandwiches. It's great. Uh, TK, what do you think? What's been your week? My week is it, it's it's been an interesting interesting week. Up and down. I've been you know a lot of good news coming out of, uh, as far as mobile tech and just um, overall. I would have to say knee deep in Huawei and Honor land for the most part this week for me. Um, a lot of new tech, a lot of new phones, new you know form factors. So keeping myself busy and uh, probably doing another live stream coming after this for an unboxing of uh, the new oh, Palm hey. phone, the new little hey, hey, look at that. tiny phone, yeah. totally opposite of what I normally $350 add-on from Verizon that you have to have a line for. And it's, uh, I mean, yeah, it's great know, as it on its own. It's it's cute. I, I want to check it out. I want to see how it works. Does it really make sense uh, to have a secondary phone as a I don't know. The, this, this, the concept is a little bit confusing for me. You know, I have a watch, but apparently I need a phone. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, TK, what's your uh, YouTube channel, by the way, just so uh, we... Uh, uh, it's easy enough. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash TK Bay. T-K-B-A-Y. Great. Or just great. type in TK Bay uh, XDA or TK XDA. That comes up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, you can keep track of that. Uh, and uh, make sure that you tune in for that unboxing of the Palm phone. Helena, Helena. I want to ask you how your week has been. Uh, it has been pretty good. What's been nice about this week is that there hasn't been any really big, like constant launches every day or five a day. Um, but I've actually started to be able to play with this product, which finally got to unbox, oh, even though it's oh, all that's, sitting. That's yoga. The new, uh, Lenovo Yoga, um, yoga, I, yoga Book C930. Yeah, yeah, so I, I remember I can't that get one behind the whole letters nice. and numbers thing. It's just like it's it's the yoga book too. Come on, <laughs> I, no, I that, agree with that you one on is that one. very nice. Yeah, no, definitely. I can. It is. It's it's <laughs> much much improved over the first generation. Um, they're using an e-ink display um, instead of yeah. that like laser etched keyboard. It's much much better for typing. There's a better better processor now. Um, a much better display. Um, overall, much, much nicer. Um, still needs a few, just still room for improvement, but it's, it's, it's actually quite an enjoyable product. Yeah. None of that if paper can... on pen thing going on anymore. That's a, that's a welcome sight to see. So I look forward to uh, reading more about that on geekspin.co.co. That's a, that's a little plug for you right there. Boom. All right. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that one too. I, I was excited when I got a chance to see that with Jaime Arifa and yeah, that that is a 
It just yeah. yeah. Well, the review's <laughs> live on the site since you plugged it. Uh, just saying. Yeah, 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 there you go. There you go. Well, if yeah. I mean if I'm going to be dutiful in my whole plugging yeah. attitude, then uh, beefbarn.com. I think I'm not sure if that's the right address. I might have to look <laughs> it up later. And uh, if that's not the hashtag, not a sponsor. No. Not a sponsor. Hashtag not a sponsor. Not yet. Okay. All right. Shall we uh, take another crack at this and uh, talk about? Uh, things that should be unfolding in front of us. Mm, that that's a question that you should say yes or no to. I I want I want an unfolding story. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to fill up time uh, between loading. So up many tabs. puns, so little time. A little story, little 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 um thing going on. I guess is uh, this week we saw uh, the first prototype of, uh, or at least the first public prototype of the Galaxy. What we've been thinking of as the Galaxy F, F stands for foldable, uh, and uh, this is it. This is uh, the thing that we see here. It's very blocky, but that's because, um, and not not just the picture quality, but just the actual phone, but that's because it is uh, obscured for trade secret purposes, I guess. Uh, but what I really wanted to catch, and I, being the very weird person I am, I wanted to like get the screen capture tool up uh, for the video, the live stream, because that's where they were showing it off. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've tried so hard like to get this exact frame um, like down because like I was seeing it, it was like, well, you can show the phone that either in its flat mode or it has that exterior screen. But I wanted to make sure I wanted to get the the folding, like the creasing going on in there, because that's the important thing that's uh, being short, uh, shown off here, is that creasing screen with the Infinity Flex mm -hmm. display. And they have a new uh, UI to go with it, one UI they're talking about, which is... Uh, introduces a new paradigm and that's the action area there's like an action area at the bottom of the screen because of course um you can't really deal with all the controls you can't just be pressing buttons all over the screen because that's really not that convenient at all uh as screens go uh taller and then you have um i forget what the top half is called um i think it's like an action not, not an action area but like um, a viewing area for some of the mm -hmm. items that you want to see on top. You know, you don't have to interact with them. You can just see it, and that's great. So I look yeah. forward to that paradigm. Uh, we're talking about the display. It's a Super AMOLED display. I think it's like 1600p and a 3 by 2 aspect, uh, I believe, on that unit. It looked like a, yeah, more of a boxy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, there were also kind of uh, suggestions of notches, potential notches and holes in the display so that you could fit in cameras because um, that's something that you might want to consider, Samsung. Um, so, hey, that's something you want to think about. And then Android decided, hey, we have a developer's conference too. Let's uh, announce support officially for foldable displays. Um, so there you go. Um I want to get your first impressions on what you were able to look at, uh, Helena, in terms of, like, did this meet your expectations of uh, of uh, what you wanted to see from a foldable f Samsung phone? So, no, it didn't. Um, I mean, granted that what they showed off was, you know, dark and uh, and they said it's a prototype, but I have lots of problems with this. Okay, number one, the bezels on that thing look gigantic. 
that freaks me out. Uh, yeah. Number two, it looks so thick. Like, it looks thick and heavy. And I don't want that as a everyday phone. Uh, it's, the, the yoga book I just showed off was thinner than that. Um, that's not futuristic to me. And, and again, this was a prototype, so who knows what the final device will look like. But it makes me think of the ZTE Axon M, mm. which was, you know, was great concept. But at the end of the day, it wasn't yep. something that you'd want to carry around every day because it was too thick and heavy. And it's almost like we're going backwards in time to, to foldable PDAs. Uh, and it just, to me, it doesn't work. Um, what I really want and what I thought we'd be seeing by now is a flexible, roll, rollable display. Mm. That's what I want. Um, where are those? Like, I felt like there was talk about it a couple of years ago, and now it's just, are we 10 years out from that? Like, that disappoints me so much. Yeah. Um, I, I won't jump into the other UI stuff that you you, you touched on just yet, because I feel like you probably want to fit, TK probably has something to say about the foldable. Yeah, yeah, and I also have some follow-up um, yeah, thoughts just... from uh, your observations, too, because I, I feel like uh, there's a lot that might be going unsaid with this uh uh, picture here but uh tk what are your first impressions i i could not have i cannot agree more well I, so i'm with you on as, as far as the design uh, now as far as the fold there was i know a lot of people focused on when he was holding the phone and when he was folding it and the whole mechanism obviously there is a case around that uh but as actually in some of the materials when they were during the, the keynote uh, they show you basically that it actually never folds all the way. They showed you almost kind of like a teardrop of, uh, look on it where it kind of opened and there was an opening in the center. And that just tells me that this device... Sort of like the Surface Book, right? Yeah, it has that little bit little bit of a, an opening at the bottom, which tells me that this is not 100% foldable. Uh, very early, like they're not sure how to actually... Because it doesn't really fold, right? If it doesn't actually close, it's not really folding. And if it, the way I, I saw it, it looks like basically a device that will have a little bit of a, a thicker gap at the bottom end where the display kind of gets at the when it's curving. Um, and like you said, Lena, it's probably going to have you know bezels all over the place. I think it, it's a more of a wow effect. I would prefer kind of like what we saw at IFA with the Nubia smartwatch. Uh, if you I don't know if you had a chance to check that out, uh, alpha, but that right? you know foldable display that works on as a you know a smartwatch. More form factors like that, wearables. Uh, I think that works better for us uh, as opposed to having a phone, you know, it's just, it's just, yeah, it, we're, we're going backwards. It, we're making thicker, wider phones. Yeah. That's kind of, two-handed that's phones. kind of interesting that you point that out. I, I didn't actually notice that the first uh, go around, in which case I would have like, uh, I, I guess discounting that in, in terms of my original follow-on thoughts from Helena is that, well, like there's, there's, there is that case, so we aren't sure what's going on here, but I would love to see the hinge on this and just think about, well, how much of a exposure does that leave the screen in terms of any potential impacts or like there, there's just a lot of things and all right. So like there's, and I'm very frustrated about this because it's like, so why, if, the, if we're at this state and we're at, this kind of crosshair uh, crossroads uh, was it really was this really the time to do it like could this have waited another six months another year or is this coming to a point where it's do or die and we are going to have to see this technology sink or float be written off mm -hmm. as one of those fads or you know perhaps changes the way or for the the way that we use mobile phones like i'm not sure about the timing of this 
That's that's all I'm saying. This reminds me of like 3D televisions. Remember when it was like so hot and everybody was doing it, <laughs> even though it was completely useless and it wasn't well implemented. This is this like is the same thing all over again. <laughs> what and and we we have to keep in mind that in in reality they never actually said that this is the phone that's coming out. This could be just a uh, a very high really good prototype that they're able to show off the technology as far as the folding technology and they may implement this as more of a wearable or maybe flexible display not necessarily something because if you see that that gap in the image and the fact that there is that big of a gap nobody will ever put that phone in their pocket mm-hmm. i mean can you imagine sitting on your pocket when you phone is sitting like there i'm like you can't it, it just it's it's really I, I really it's a proof of concept i hope and i really hope that they use this technology to bring more uh, better, better displays, flexible, showing us that they can do the flexible OLED with the with their new me- mechanism and the glue, the adhesive they talked about as far as you know how this is so new, so good. But again, what happened to that flexible display we saw a few years back, like Elena was talking yeah. about? We've seen this before. This is not brand new. It just now looks like a phone. And yeah, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. We want better. <laughs> we do want better uh and we want it sooner we do <laughs> honestly but i'm just kind of concerned about this um because it, it, you know it consumer reactions will lay out how much more investment gets put into what uh whatever this vertical might become or if it doesn't become anything at all yep. so uh, and I do want to see it come. I do want to see it arrive. But, you know, in terms of, like, the little things that we can't think about, like how, you know, durable it is. Like, this is supposed to last for hundreds of thousands of folds, which um, p- many people think of as maybe lasting several years, uh, at the very least two years. Um, and perhaps even, like, creasing. Like, what does that do to the mm-hmm. uh, subpixels? Like, what what happens there? So because technically we're not in the point of foldables as much as bendables and if you were to Mm -hmm. fold it well like how well what's the efficacy of it unfolding it and you know dealing with the crease exactly yeah this like you said this is more of a fold well foldable bendable not foldable it's the opposite way i feel like it was more of a bending display not necessarily true exactly don't call it foldable it's not as soon as, as soon as we're able to like show like a little art piece on like an origami display with a swan and you know it, it, like it'd be like the first major art piece that could um rival things at like the metropolitan museum or something i don't know um let's yeah. uh <laughs> quickly head on uh one ui for a little bit and uh talk about mm-hmm. is this a much needed change in terms of uh what we've dealt with uh beforehand in terms of uh, mobile uis because again those displays are getting taller and taller so um tk what's your thought i i think it's a it's a good movement uh in the sense of how the uh, touch ui or touch ui or even samsung's ui has been you know going through its evolutions it looks nicer it's capitalizing on darker ui saving battery um it's definitely I want to say it's the move in the right direction for them. Uh, I, I'm hoping the adoption that they're trying to bring in will carry over multiple generations of phones, because at least from the announcement that we saw, at least it looks great. It works great with long form factor devices, which they have for the last couple of years. And um, I think the reality of the matter is it's, it's probably going to be something we need to get used to. It's different. Uh, and it's no longer them trying to be like others. They're trying to come up with their own design, which I really think it's a good idea. I think it looks good, and I just hope that you know at least the last few generations of devices will get this UI. 
because their historic implementation of their new UIs generally don't carry back that far. So I'm hoping at least for this year and last yeah, year. This year's phones uh, are going to have this uh, updated, uh, I think, in January. Uh, it's remained to be seen for yeah. the S8 and Note 8, uh, or was it Note? No, wait. Um, the S8 generation, I'll say. Well, I think the S8, and, yeah, the S8 generation, there was a question on that. And then there's also the betas, as, as you meant, uh, you probably may have heard it as well. They're, they're pushing out some betas for some of their devices for this year's care, you know, the S9 and the S9. So Plus. it's a wait and see kind of thing going on. We'll, we'll keep track of that. I, I'm waiting. As soon as that comes out, dude, I'll put that <laughs> on my phone just to get a chance to get that Elena, right. Elena, uh, your first impressions on One UI. It looks really swanky. I'll tell you that. It looks clean and, and intuitive. Um, it makes sense why they're doing it. I mean, Huawei with the Mate 20 Pro um, and EMUI 9, they made an emphasis about, they put an emphasis on the fact that it's you know, designed for one-handed use. Um, mm -hmm. So that seems to be the direction that all these companies need to go in because phones are getting bigger and longer, right? So yeah. you got to adapt to that. I mean, Huawei is not making it any easier with a 7.2-inch display. Ugh, <laughs> so, yuck. Uh, that, that, that is... The 20X is massive. That, that is scary. That is weird. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. So, I guess there's that. And, um, finally, yeah. is it uh, time for a pink uh, and uh, a green phone? I think that's... Well, they've already... Ha hasn't... Haven't phones been going out in, like, green and pink and blue for... For a while now, because I remember Pink, yeah. there was a green. Green, phone. green is tough. I haven't. There, there was. There's been a. There was a. Wasn't there a Galaxy? It was, is it S eight or S seven that there was a green version? There was like an emerald. Yeah, there was like an emerald green. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, oh man. And then there's there's a there was well, pink is kind of like more often these days because there's it's always been masked in like orchid or violet or whatever. But well, like the, the thing we're talking about is that uh, the what oh this, man, you're right. The S six edge in emerald yeah, green. Oh man, yeah, that's uh, that, <laughs> uh, I had to okay. look that up. I honestly didn't think there was a green phone. <laughs> it's just like the one color. But yeah. Uh, I like green. I just, you know. Yeah, no, the going back to the Huawei Mate 20 Pro, I mean, they have a green and I think they're calling it emerald maybe, but it's beautiful. Like they've done a really good job with their green. And I think it's the most attractive choice from the different uh, Mate 20 Pro options. So mm -hmm. I think green might be the new rose gold next year. I don't know. Perhaps. <laughs> We'll see. Let's hope because uh, obviously it's just one slide of this uh, Samsung Developer Conference uh, uh, presentation, but it suggested that uh, well, One UI does actually take uh, color scheming off of the device's physical color, and it was shown off with a uh, green and pink and whatnot. So, I mean, that's always interesting to think I, about. But I've always no, no, I, I think it's yeah, great. Yeah, no, I, I've always mourned um, Moto Maker. Because like we lost Motomaker and it's oh, just man. like yeah. I still want that freaking orange phone. The orange silicon, you know, red backing and like maybe like a few other citrus colors and like that would have been my jam. I would have been happy with that. So why is it? Yeah, no, I, I forgot I forgot all about Motomaker. And now that you mention it, like that's actually really missed. Mm -hmm. That those customization options, they were amazing. So maybe from now on on every every podcast we should have like a something that's died that we <laughs> we need to pay our respects to that should just be a little <laughs> bit of a like 
something that you throw so on to every show. Just throwing it out the there. The Nexus, uh, the Mono Maker. Um, do you have anything that we want to pat out with? Uh, we got a couple more minutes. Uh, TK, what, what's one thing that has recently died that um, you want to uh, say uh, goodbye to? You know, actually, I, I want to say probably the the small form factor phone, not not the palm size phone. I'm talking like the small five inch, four inch phone. Um, the fact of the matter is, even with the smaller smaller pixel, we're still getting above five inches, and there is still. And I'm not to trying to give it to Apple, but you know, the the last Apple, you know, the SE is basically the end of a line of devices that we no longer have a, the ability of looking forward to, right? I mean, what we have now is the XR, and that's the smallest that they'll carry. Uh, and so if in, if there's any if there's ever been a demand for a form factor that is still small but answers the same powerhouse requirements of the new phones, I feel like we're we're losing that war. A lot of our phones are are obviously just so big now uh, that the small phone looks weird. So I wish that would come back. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Palm phone unboxing, uh, youtube.com slash TK Bay. Uh, <laughs> Helena, <laughs> uh, as I hardly try to think of something that might. I, I might want to mourn. Uh, do you have any ideas? Okay, so I definitely need, would need more time to think this one through, especially since the other ones we brought up were so strong. Um, but I am going to mention something that I was recently thinking about. Not exactly mobility related, but the connected the connected uh, scale, like when you w- for weighing yourself. I feel oh, like yeah, that yeah, was yeah. really hot a couple of years ago. And now I don't know if anyone's doing it. Um, and it's kind of I... something that I would like to have again. It's kind of under the radar, yeah, yeah. It's because um, Nokia just did away with its uh, health division, and I'm, I'm not sure because um, Withings, the original company, it, it did uh, go back to its original ownership, but I'm not sure if they're still yeah. really as focused on that digital uh, scale as much as anything else. So we'll have to see about that. I, I don't know. For me. Perhaps it's Windows 10 Mobile. Like, I've always wanted to try out a third uh, OS that and I've never really gotten to. I did own, what was it? It was one of the later phones that had the Snapdragon 212 on it. And um, I didn't really use it much. And I ended up selling it off in like a couple of months without ever really looking into it. So, um, yeah, that's <laughs> like, but like the tiles, the Metro was a pretty appealing Metro to me. UI, Metro UI. Yeah. Uh, it's just, there weren't really any apps. Sorry to say. Um, no, but yeah, <sighs> we'll see iterations. I'm pretty sure we'll see some new things and they'll bring some nostalgia yeah. back. F- foldable, tiny computers, Microsoft. Maybe you could do that. Surface, surface, uh, phone. Sure. Let's bring the that back. Mini. Let's talk, <laughs> the a, surface let's, let's talk about yeah, that yeah, yeah. again because, uh, that hasn't fruited anything in this, uh, in this world, in this timeline. In any case, I do want to thank you, uh, Helena, for joining us this week. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. First time on. Great stuff. And not the last. Not the last. Definitely so. (laughs) We'll we'll see see you in Las Vegas. Uh, TK, thank you for being with us this week, too. It's been my pleasure. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. And uh, nice to see you again, Helena. It's been some time. We'll talk. All y'all will talk. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you later. And on that note, that is it for now. The Weekly is just as much conversation as it is a show, so make sure you make your voices heard, either in the comment sections or by emailing us at podcast at pocketnow.com. On Twitter, TK is at TKDSL8655. Helena is at Helena Stone, and I can be found at Point Jewels. 
Pocket Now is at Pocket Now on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube in English and Espanol, where you can find more news on the Pocket Now Daily and Pocket Now Adiario every weekday. We certainly appreciate your feedback from Google, Apple, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, or wherever you happen to be streaming us, because without you, we wouldn't have been able to make this show for your eyes and ears for 331 weeks straight. Thanks for your company. It has been a pleasure. Let's meet again soon.